Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. For me, everything is about putting the customer at the center, but working out how you do that to deliver awesome stuff that your customer wants. Traveling New Zealand, featuring and celebrating amazing women in tech all across the North Island and South Island, I came across James with Werewolf, and man, was he helpful in connecting me to the women in tech community in order to enable me to empower these incredible women to move forward. So just passionate about women in tech. My name is James Burns. I'm Chief Marketing Officer at Werewolf, the app for venture tourism operators. I've had the pleasure of working for a lot of really smart women, and uh, both in tech and outside of tech. And it's just generally been my experience over the last 20 years that there's not nearly enough women's voices in leadership roles in, in tech companies. And so I just think it's important that we have that sort of voice. Uh, myself, I have two young daughters who say are four and six. And I want to make sure that when they get to an age where they're ready to start their first company, that they have all the opportunity and support that they need. Werewolf makes it easy for adventure tourism operators, everything from skydiving companies and bungee operators to jet boating and rafting companies to go paperless, to handle the guests from arrival all the way through departure, um, check them in through a really beautiful custom-branded iPad app, ask them a lot of key questions, take that data, build a customer marketing database. Werewolf was recognized by Deloitte in their Fast 50 Awards for this year as the rising star one to watch. And as we move to the United States, it's really important that we continue to capitalize on the kind of growth that we've experienced over the last three years. And we're doubling, tripling size of company annually. Queenstown is the adventure capital of the world. We have 150 plus adventure tourism operators just within a 10 minute drive of where we're sitting right now. Any activity you can think of you'd want to do, you could do it. Bungee jumping was invented here. Jet boating was invented here. I mean, there's so much that happens here. There's so much innovation around the adventure topic that we're really primed well to leverage that. And that's no better place for us to be based. Be sure to explore more about Werewolf at GetWerewolf.com. That's G-E-T-W-H-E-R-E-W-O-L-F.com. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. I am in Wellington, New Zealand. It's so excited to be here. The energy in the city, you could feel it as soon as you get off the plane. It is just awesome. There's a funky vibe. And now I have Jenny, who is the most charismatic, <laughs> awesome energy person I've met. When I walked in on my one hour sleep, she could light up a room like nothing I've ever seen. Welcome, <laughs> thank Jenny. You. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out with us. So, okay, Jenny, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. So my name's Jenny Saunders and I work for a company called Assurity. If I think about my official title, it's a service development manager. Um, but what on earth does that mean? So I work for a consultancy company. We provide we provide lots of different services around analysis, testing, DevOps, design, user research to various organizations. And my role is to make sure that we're actually looking ahead of the curve and providing stuff that's really valuable to our clients yeah. that they're going to want, 
that's going to make a difference, that's going to actually enable them to deliver great stuff for their customers. So I think I have a pretty cool role, really. And and tell us, um, where does tech become immersed into your role? So part of me wants to go everything about my role is it's actually – it uses that digital digital or tech platform. Um, I'm a business analyst by trade. That's what I grew up doing. And, and one, of the re- one of the things that I keep saying to people is BAs will go in and understand what problems people have, what challenges, and come up with solutions that are fit for purpose. Now, that may mean process changes, structure changes. In this world now, it's very much how can we use digital to make things better right um it's i I still i still will never jump to that but truly the pace the world is changing right what we do is generally going to involve some form of of either actual technology that we're going to change or some form of scaling digital or a different way of working it's all immersed around that tech bubble, truly. Totally. And and I there's something I'm dying to ask you because it's um, a mentor figure suggested it to me, and I think you'll have really good insights on this. Um, and then I also want to get involved in your tech world, but I'm, I'm going to just jump in with my question first. It's a little bit further along, but so... One of uh, a mentor figure recently told me that there, because you have vast experience in the managerial world, in, mm-hmm. you know, and he's saying it's a lot different to hire um, young people versus seasoned people, and um, and that it's something that I really need to understand and think about. That when you're paying more for a seasoned person, and the reason why I want to bring this up is in the tech world, and I think it's really shitty is there's a lot of ageism, right? Oh, yep. Yeah. Like if you're past 19, you're expired (laughs) in tech, right? And I find that so aggravating. However, it's never been positioned to me in such a a valuable way, not just aggravating in, in general that, that, um, that that's just ludicrous. But the way he positioned it, he's like, let me tell you the pros of having a seasoned person and let me tell you the pros of having a younger person. And they're absolutely different pros. I'm mm. like, oh, fuck, I've never mm. I've never thought about it that mm. way before. So it hasn't been on the podcast yet, this topic. I w- And I, I know with your managerial experience, you could probably really eloquently speak to this. What are the pros of someone younger? And when I mean younger, I mean, you know, out of college, maybe out of high school, like that age. And then someone that my mentor figure uh, person called, he said they were seasoned. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, so what are you paying for and what kind of return do you get um, in company performance? So, so if I think of the generation now that are coming out of uni, they live on this yeah on their phone or on their watch yeah um constantly i love how it's, you I have the apple watch <laughs> and so I've do to, you i've got to try i've got to try um, <laughs> and but the funny thing for me is so that's their way of life yeah it's for me someone now coming out of uni that's done some form of tech degree yeah they're going to always look at a tech solution i still yeah. have this great belief yeah that Someone who is more seasoned and understands how to really add value to organisations will go in and understand the real problem. Yeah. Will use all these wonderful techniques. Yeah. 
And it might be that one area we're putting in a digital solution. Right. Another area might be that we're actually changing process. We're changing structure. Yeah. And I think that's where you'll get someone who has experienced, Mm -hmm. wow, a whole breadth. I mean, if I think I started life as a Cobalt developer a really, really long time ago, um, but, but it's given me that breadth of experience to be able to say, I'm not going to jump straight away to go, I'm going to put an app on my phone. Right. I'm actually going to understand the challenges that organization has, their types of customers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to understand the constraints they're under. So, so I think that's where someone who's got that breadth of experience yeah. can help. But I do think you've got to balance both because yeah. you need to understand your customer. And therefore, if you can balance the different generations yeah. and actually enable them to work together, I think you get awesome results. Yeah. So it's getting that team, for me, yeah. that really, really is that mix of both. Yeah. And you'll get amazing results that will attract a whole breadth of customers. Totally. That's. I mean, in learning from my experiences growing my, my own company, my... Uh, my mentor says the biggest problem I have in my company, Los Angeles, is that I don't have strong processes and systems in place. Mm-hmm. And it's not really something it's all in my head. And he's like, it yeah. can't you can't grow a team yeah. efficiently if you don't have. And I think that's what you're talking about. And that's what this conversation I was having recently is a seasoned person. Would have already known that. It took mm. me a long time to just go, oh, there's this thing, processes and systems. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this yeah. person walks in and it's like, you're missing process. You need to, here's how, and this is what, and this is what it will take to, yeah. to outline them out. Yeah. And I don't think it needs to be onerous because I think often when people see someone that's maybe in their 40s or 50s and they go, oh my gosh, they're going to use Waterfall. It's going to be really <laughs> slow. We're going to document everything up front. It's not like that. It's... you'll use the right approach. You'll actually just identify stuff, might be doing it on post-its, having visual management, putting it out there so it works, but we can do it at pace. And I think that's one of the key things for me, that if you get that real, a a really good team dynamic, everyone's different. Yeah. That's, That's for me what I want. A really great team is not where everyone's the same. I want to do a deep dive into, of course, your, your tech background and that whole side of the story. But why I think it's important to talk about more the business side as well is in the tech world, it's not just code. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You need no. to understand human relations and all these things in order to build a tech company. Yep. So, And, yeah. and I think that's something now because we keep hearing about user-centered design, design thinking, understand your customer, put your customer at the center. So everything is about people. Um, if if people don't like your product, don't think it's going to be valuable for them, don't mm-hmm. think it's going to make their life easier, why would they buy it? So, so for me, I think it's fantastic that now we talk about user-centered design and design thinking and user research yeah. and gaining insights because they're actually all about understanding truly the person yeah. that's going to use this stuff yeah. and finding out a bit about them. So we could produce a product and we might do it really efficiently. Yeah. But if actually no one wants it, in my mind, we failed. So 100%. Yeah. 
it's about understanding, truly understanding what what our customers want, right? what their constraints are. I mean, it might be we're actually focusing on, I don't know, generation 50 to 80 or something right, right. rather than our 20-year-olds, but make those conscious choices. Right. So for me, everything is about putting the customer at the centre. Yeah. But working out how you do that to deliver awesome stuff. Yeah. That your customer wants. Yeah. Where are you today in your company? Like, what what does your day to day look like? Um, it can vary completely. Um, so, so like I said, my title is a service development manager. I have a team of service leads who are all subject matter experts in their field. So, a day might be actually having branch leadership meetings where we're working out what's going on operationally in the branch. Do we need to actually set different objectives? Do we think we're moving in the wrong direction? Um, It may be I'm catching up with members of my team to help them evolve new services. Mm -hmm. So, for example, this year we've launched user research. Yeah. Um, and, And I take it for granted that if someone has decided we we need this capability that they know how to take that to market but i might spend my day helping them plan a roadmap yeah so looking at what are the different things we need to focus on so how are we going to build the capability how are we going to grow that capability how are we going to market this thing mm-hmm. do we have any case studies do we need tools and infrastructure to do it right. so i might spend my day helping someone plan their roadmap right um, Just so important. It's yep, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm a big picture person. Uh, I love. How much time and energy should we invest in planning? <laughs> it's. I think it is the most important thing to do, and it doesn't need to be onerous. And this is what gets me because I think people tend to go, "Oh my gosh, if you're going to plan, it's going to take ages." It's not. I'm a post-its person. Honestly, give me post-its and a sharpie. Um, And we can plan a roadmap in half an hour. We can understand the benefits of what we'll get from that service. So we could actually put that big picture plan together really quickly. But for me, if you don't understand what your vision is and what you're trying to achieve, and I don't mean in detail, but if you don't have that big picture, you're going to go down lots of little roads and that's okay. Yeah. But having a big picture plan and we can still then iterate. We can still have that plan, look at one particular aspect of that plan and go, oh, don't think we need that now in our marketplace. Great. Cross that one off. Right. But a big picture plan, get a plan together, understand your benefits, understand your customers. Yeah. And then work through. Let's go back to the beginning. When did you first fall in love with technology? So, gosh, When I did my A-levels, so in the UK, I did my A-levels and I did maths, physics and economics. So I think then already I'd started. And my life would have been very different then because honestly, the school I went to, um, we would have had maybe two computers. Right. So seriously, it was quite different. Um, I then went to work for a bank in the UK and then went to uni afterwards. So at uni, I studied physics and computing. And and that was really, I think, a real changing point for me because from there, I was then immersed completely in in the love and the value of technology. 
Yeah. Um, and I worked for a great company in the UK, a great company that took on graduates, put you through an amazing graduate program. So I felt completely supported. What was your first time. job? So I joined the company as a programmer, as a developer. Um, so rad. I know, as a COBOL developer. Um, what year was this? Uh, 87, 1987. I mean, this yeah. is... Yeah. yeah. So you are OG woman in tech. It was yeah. a COBOL developer in 1987. So cool. It was... And, and very lucky that I worked for an amazing company... Um, first assignment, National Westminster Bank, then worked through a lot of the banks in the UK. But after about four years, yeah. I decided that sitting there writing code for me was not me. Yeah. Because I'd look at the requirements documents that I got, and my right. voice changes when I say it because it was soul destroying. I used to be given documents that I'd read and think, really? Really? Yeah. Does someone really want this? Yeah. And that's when I started to move more into business analysis. So I suppose I became an app, um, a systems application programmer at yeah. that point, but then moved more into business analysis and team leading, um, development manager, all of those different types of roles. Yeah. But learnt stuff along the way. Yeah. Learnt and absorbed so much along the way. Um, and gosh, lots of years later, I, lo I still love it. Yeah. I'm learning new stuff every day and and I look at some of the new techniques. Yeah. So, I mean, design thinking is a big thing here in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah. It's used by a lot of the banks to actually reset their strategy. Let's talk um, about what the concept of design thinking, What what is that? So, so for me, design thinking is, it's a framework. It is a set, it's an approach to actually helping organizations identify their true problems and then coming up with conceptual designs right. and testing those designs with real customers. Right. So someone said to me recently, um, it's design doing, not design thinking. And, and it is in a way, it's an approach, but you could get, so I'll, I'll do a quick scenario actually. Okay. So I did um, some work recently where we were working with Ronald McDonald House. Yeah. And the challenge they have is how do you encourage people to donate? Yeah. Um, and so we actually went through the design thinking process. We went, we identified some key questions. We went out onto the street. We actually asked different, different types of people. Right. This was up in Auckland. Um, came back, collated that information into... What were people saying? What were they thinking? What were they feeling? Right. What were they doing? Came up with a true problem statement. And then actually from there, as a group, started to draw some really rough paper prototypes yeah. that would solve the problem. Went back out to people on the street. Yeah. Tested them with people yeah. on the street. Yeah. Took that feedback. Yeah. Quickly iterated. This was all in two days. Oh, wow. Um, that was quick. Mm. Yeah. And... And then presented to the CEO of Ronald McDonald House at the end of two days that these were our ideas as to how we could actually move forward and develop a real life solution. Yeah. So it's an approach. Yeah. It's, it's an approach. It gives you that safety of you know, you know what you need to do at each stage. Yeah. You can do it really quickly. Yeah. And 
If you've got it wrong, throw it away. After two days, it's okay. Throw it away. (laughs) It's all about testing, right? It's so frustrating because we want things to go really fast or we want to know the answer right away. But it's really we can't know the answer until we test it and Mm -mm. find out what the answer actually is. Yeah. Yeah. And and we had to decide as we were going through this, who are we going to say was the marketplace for us? Because we couldn't solve everything, couldn't solve it for every every age group. Right. So we actually picked some key personas yeah. and said, the solution we're going to come up with, these are the people who we believe, having gathered information, are most likely to donate their time or their money. Yeah. So we're going to actually come up with solutions that will satisfy, be sat- you know, be valuable for those people. Right. So, but we did it all in two days. It's incredible. It was amazing. Um, what, what advice would you give your former self just starting <laughs> out? Gosh, that's hard. That's hard. Um, I think the biggest advice I would give myself would be don't take it personally when people say, Jenny, that's wrong. Yeah. That's actually just, that's giving you constructive feedback. Yeah. And I think in my younger days, if someone told me they would do it a different way yeah. or the way I'd done something was not right, right. I'd get quite quite arsy, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas now yeah. I can quite happily go, oh, okay. That's great, but why would you do it that way? Right, right. So now I can actually take that feedback, challenge, yeah. still politely, but challenge. Yeah. Whereas I don't think I really listened as well when right. I was in my 20s. Yeah. And I mean, it's, such, it's so important to understand the difference between discarding negativity versus um, learning from criticism or feedback. Mm. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the biggest thing I would say. It's about that actually keeping your head, we're doing this to actually come to the end solution and add real value. Yeah. So if, if people were still, per, if they were personally attacking me, yeah. then I'd yeah. walk away. Yeah. But it is accepting that I didn't know everything. Yeah. And actually I could learn an awful lot from others. Totally. And that would be my biggest thing I would say to myself. And what's one challenge that you've successfully overcome and what did you learn from it? I think for me, I'm a very positive person. Yes, you are. (laughs) I do have a belief that if you want to do something, you can do it. I mean, I want to take you back to LA with me. (laughs) You're like my positive tea. (laughs) But I think... I think as I was growing up and learning, I would actually say the biggest learnings I had were where I did fail. I remember when I worked, and it was for the Bank of England, um, so I was working for the consultancy, doing a project for the Bank of England. I was presenting on a particular piece of work I'd been doing, and I got ripped to shreds. I absolutely got ripped to shreds. Um, But no one had actually helped me prepare the information. So I was in a room. So I would have been in my first five years of working. Right. um, And and I'll never forget it. So I was in a room with quite senior execs for the Bank of England. So it was a really, it was a very stressful situation for me. Yeah. I'd prepared this presentation with my findings um, and I got totally ripped to shreds. 
But, and at the time, I was devastated. I was absolutely yeah. devastated for months, I should, absolutely really? months. Oh, completely. But at the, now I can look back and go, wow, I could have handled that so differently. Um, so I think for me, it really is about that take, take the feedback. If it gets personal, I think you have every right to go, actually, that's not appropriate. Yeah. Let's take this back to the goals that we're trying to achieve. Right. And it's learning that new language. And that's most probably one of the most important things, I think, that as you're going through your career to actually say, we're trying to achieve a goal, we're trying to add value, it's not personal. And if people do, yeah. do get personal, close that down. Close the personal down and yeah. take it back to what's the goal we're trying to achieve right. here? Totally. So I think that's most probably the biggest learnings for me. Yeah. Um, and now I can sit here and do it because and say it. Yeah. Because I've experienced it through good and bad. Yeah. Um, but that will be my biggest learning. A couple more questions before we mm. wrap up. One, what excites you most about your role today? Like, why do you love going to work? What excites you about the company? There's a few things. There's a few things. Um, I have an amazing general manager, I have to say, who I know truly, truly trusts me and empowers me to do my job, which is fantastic. So I love that mentorship culture. That is love just it. amazing. Yeah. Um, so every morning when you walk in, people are smiling. It is. It is a, posit- a really positive environment. But also for me... Being able to help others grow yeah. and do amazing stuff. I mean, I'm really lucky that I have a team of, so they're called service leads. They're subject matter experts in their domain. Right. So in the testing domain, um, in the DevOps domain, in user research, in analysis, in agile, they're subject matter experts. Right. And I'm really lucky that that's my team. Yeah. So the stuff we're doing is really about growing capability. And, and that excites me, that you can actually, you know, that small group yeah. are actually tasked with growing the capability of everyone in your organisation and giving them great opportunities. That's awesome. And I love that. That's, that's, that's awesome. It's about just learning all the time. I love that. I'm telling you, this the, the whole mentorship culture and whenever you find it, one of our sponsors, UpGuard, um, I flew to San Francisco and I met with with all their female engineers and I was so inspired mm-hmm. by how many of them said their favorite thing about their job was how supported they are in learning. Yeah. And that's when I really got it. I'm just if when a company can really hone in and create a mentorship culture it changes everything. Totally. Totally. Yeah. If I had to do a transactional job of ticking boxes it's not me. I wouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, we're tasked with actually growing capability yeah. and keeping it exciting, learning new techniques. Yeah. And so for me, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's, I'm trying to think now how many years I'll have been working because it's, I don't know, 30, 30 something. It's crazy. And yet still learning. So cool. Okay. What is your... I mean, you're way more tech advanced than me. You're wearing an Apple. It's an Apple watch, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm barely alive right now with my shell on my wrist. 
What is your favorite tech tool? I'm sure there's a million things. So one of them, it could be personal. It could be an app. It could be the what, anything. And uh, and then the next one is what is your favorite book, either professional or personal or both? So my favorite tech tool most probably is this watch now. And <laughs> I laughed when because it was my husband that went to get an Apple Watch. Yeah. And I thought, well, if Mark's having one, I'm having one. <laughs> and now I use this seriously. I answer my phone calls on no. it. I text, I um, record my text messages. <laughs> I, I wouldn't quite know what to do without this now. No way. Which is dreadful because I always used to laugh. Yeah. And go, oh, you don't need to be connected. Yeah. So I absolutely love this thing now. That's um, so rad. It's I do love it. But my favourite book is Fish. Um, oh, Fish, yes. Yeah, I love that book. Yeah. I love that T- tell book. Tell us more about it. So I think the thing I love about it is... The author. I mean, oh, yeah. gosh. If I could remember, I would, and I can't. You guys will include it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah, yes, don't worry. We'll I include love, it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so I will. The thing I love about the book is, I mean, a fish market... Who in my world is going to believe they're going to learn anything from a fish market? Right. But actually, and this is where it shows you can learn stuff from any walk of life, any environment, because it talks about how how they actually manage to attract their customers to make it fun. So you're selling fish. Yeah. It's, but actually to make it a real spectacle and... And have this completely fun environment where people want to come along and you're going to make a great profit in the end. But for me, that shows that understanding your customers and delivering that end product the way that is going to engage your customers, you can do that in a fish market. It's so that for me, that book. I have to read it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's. I've heard really good things. I, I have to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that book. That's so it's, cool. Because it's just a fish market. Why on earth would I read anything about fish market? But how amazing the way they understood their customers, the yeah. way they changed, the way that people shopped. They made it fun. So everyone in their lunch times wanted to come along and get yeah. engaged and bought stuff. Jenny, how can people get in touch with you? So LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. Um, I am on Facebook um, or my Assurity email. And can you spell your name for everybody so they could find you on LinkedIn and, and your email? Yep. So it's J-E-N-N-Y, Jenny Saunders, S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S. And your email? My email, jenny.saunders at assurity.co.nz. And can you spell surety for everybody just so they have it? I know you guys are running or listening and you're like, can you just tell me right now? So yes, I got <laughs> so, you. <laughs> A-S-S-U-R-I-T-Y. Perfect. And that's an English slash Kiwi accent. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the very last question, do you think you'll fit in my suitcase and come back to LA with me? <laughs> I need a bottle of you everywhere. Your person. Love to. Love to. <laughs> you guys, if you only get to hear in person, she is the most ah vibrant character. I just, it's so, it's wonderful. I love it. So her. when I come to, when I come to LA, yeah. I can come visit. 
Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't recommend coming to LA. Wellington is awesome. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. It is the coolest little capital. Right? It truly is. Yeah. I, w- I wish being here just for a few hours, I wish I could be here for a week mm. now. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It is fantastic. I've met a ton of people that said that this is their favorite city in New Zealand. Oh, I love Wellington. Yeah. Seriously. Having lived in London for a long time, I just love Wellington. Yeah. It's cool. Fantastic bars, restaurants. If you want to connect with more incredible women in the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. And you can say hello at Women in Tech Show on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I will talk to you guys, hear you guys, see you guys in the next episode. Bye. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support Women in Tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.